0: Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who enters into the world full of fears, doubts, anxieties, disease, demons, and death in order to bring a new life beyond all of that to us, to you, to your very life. Amen. Fear seems to be ubiquitous. It happens to everyone. Everyone's fears might be different, but when fear gets a hold of you, it really makes you feel it. You know it in your head, you feel it in your heart, and the anxieties within your stomach just start to take root. Fear is a universal human experience. Because we know something deep down that we are not finally able to control our own existence. Fear preys upon our doubts, our lack of faith that God has actually promised to give us life and that Jesus has entered into the world to give us eternal life. Fear and anxiety remind you of stress and pressure that the world places upon you, that you place upon yourself, and you say, I can't take it anymore. My life seems to be ending. But lucky for us, fortunate, blessed are we that Jesus Christ enters into the world in order to hunt down fear and put an end to it. Otherwise, all we would have of our own is what I like to call baking recipes. Now, I'm not a big baker, but I know what you have to do to get cupcakes. You get the recipe out, you get the ingredients, and you follow the instructions. Some of you might be better bakers than I am. I just buy the box off the shelf. You might be able to go in and take a pinch of this and a dab of that, and it doesn't cause you any anxiety because you know what you're doing. I, on the other hand, need to follow the instructions to the T. And if I don't have vegetable oil, but I only have canola oil, get a, I've got to get on the phone to Betty Crocker to ask, is that an acceptable substitute? Turns out it usually is. But it doesn't give me any confidence in my own abilities because all I'm doing is following the recipe. Now, you know. We have recipes for our own life that we keep adjusting and shifting. We say things like this, I'll put in 40 hours of work this week. I'll spend five hours on my hobby, ten hours watching the news. I'll spend a little time on the phone with my grandkids and a little bit of time walking the park. And you know what I'll get out of that? An easy-peasy, predictable life. It works for the most part. Some weeks we have to adjust, don't we? We can't get in all of our hobbies. Sometimes we get a whole week of just our hobbies. But we adjust and adjust to make sure that we are in control of our lives. To remind ourselves that we're not going to take on too much. We're not going to take on too little. We're going to find that balance in life somehow this week. Most of the time that works pretty well. Sometimes we get a little out of balance and we have to say, ah, I'm going to slow down. Or we get a little bit too slow and we say, you know, I'm not feeling all that energetic. Maybe I need to get a little more exercise in the day. And so we adjust our recipe for life. But all the while we're saying, I can manage. I can control it. I have the power within me in order to make my life what it's supposed to be. There are times, however, when we come face to face with reality that there is no accounting for the balance that we don't feel. Life itself becomes too heavy and burdened for us. Take, for example, the people Jesus encounters there on the other side of the lake. As soon as he gets off the boat, a man runs to him a man who probably had some means, probably some status in the community, some ability to control what goes on, but he had no ability to help his daughter any further. He comes running down, not asking Jesus for a new recipe or advice on how to live, but for help. I need your help. I need your touch. You can do something that I cannot. He falls down at his feet and he begs repeatedly. This is a man who realizes he's at the end of his rope, that life has become too much for him to handle, that he's actually out of control and his anxieties and fears own him. Losing a child at the point of death has driven him to despair and hopelessness, to seek just any place that he might find some relief from his stress. It doesn't have to be in his control at that point. He needs Jesus' help. Or take the woman that was there in the crowd, who had been suffering physically for 12 years, She'd been to see doctors and physicians. She had spent all that she had. She couldn't find anyone to give her any relief. No one had a prescription for her. No one had a new way of life. No one could tell her what to do to gain control of her life again. So there she is in the anonymous crowd, full of fear and worry, and she sees Jesus And she says, If I but touch his clothes, I know I'll get something good. These are people out of balance. These are people who know that the balanced life doesn't exist for us as much as we try to keep it. For these are people that remind us that life comes at us sometimes too hard and too strong, and we're out of control. Fear preys upon us there. Fear turns us back into ourselves. It's really hard to talk to people about your fears because they don't have the same ones. And oftentimes they'll look at you and say, why are you afraid of that? Rather than helping you, assisting you, caring for you, giving you what you don't have or need, giving you hope in the world. Jesus, however, hears of their fears and sees their need and doesn't scamper away. He doesn't give them a prescription. He walks right in. He enters into their lives. The woman reaches out and touches his clothes and is made well, and he turns and says, Who did this? And the woman is still in fear until Jesus turns to her and says, Peace to you. Your faith is has made you well. Not only did she receive physical healing, but she received a wholeness of life that comes from trusting not in yourself, not in doctors, but that Jesus Christ, God himself, is caring for you, granting you life, new life that doesn't come by any power of yours, but by his. This is hard for us to handle, and I'll admit, this past week has been a heavy one for me. Not only do we have things going on at church that are full of anxiety and worry. What's going to happen in the fall? How are our programs going to get started again? Are we done with COVID? Or do we need to keep the, the, the ropes up and the distance going? We're so full of worry and anxiety within the congregation that spills out onto us from outside into the society. The fears continue to pray. We're also trying to hire a number of positions for people to work with us at the church. That's a little bit stressful, don't you know? Not only that, but at home, my kids need some time with me. They need me to take them places. And in the evenings, I want to see them a little bit and get back to a balanced life. But there's needs. People keep calling and saying, I need your help. My wife is sick. My father, he died. My relationships are broken. The needs keep pouring in upon us. And right now, I'm feeling overburdened. And I say this to you not so that you will come and give me pity or tell me it'll be okay, which is very kind of you, but to remind you of exactly what our readings are telling us today, that it is not our power that we live by. It's not the stress that we have to balance out and find a new recipe in order to manage it. But we turn back to the one who has come into our lives to say peace to you. Fear not, but believe. Our reading from 2 Corinthians is right along the same pathway. The Corinthians had been really excited when they first heard the gospel message to contribute to the treasury that Paul was bringing to give to the poor, that the rich and the poor would share one another's burdens, would share one another's joys, would live in the good news of Jesus Christ together. But something has changed. Something has changed. They were really excited last year, but this year they're not quite certain they want to do it any longer. Maybe they've looked around at their own community and say, you know what? We don't want to give to something far away. We need to take care of our own. That happens with us sometimes. Our resources are limited. Our stress needs to be dealt with close to home. And so we pull back on helping those outside of our circle to help those closest to us. Perhaps they're just not trusting Paul any longer, or perhaps what he's getting at is they have forgotten that Jesus Christ has given us an entirely new life of peace through his death and resurrection. In his becoming poor, giving up all that he had so that you would be rich in the goodness and grace that he bestows. Yes, our fears spring out of this thinking that there is not enough to go around and so I have to keep it for myself and contain my own control. But the gospel reminds us that in Jesus Christ, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. God provides for you out of his riches constantly, so that when you are feeling like you have nothing, when you are burdened and down in the pit, when hopelessness and anxieties and fears have taken root, he comes and says to you, yes, yes, it looks like your life is over, but that is but a small thing, little child. Arise, your new life has come. For Jesus Christ himself has come into our world to banish fear and doubt and to give us the new life of faith, reminding us day in and day out that his grace and mercy never stop abounding and overflowing for each and every one of you. Your sin, your doubt, and your fears will not stop it. For in Jesus Christ, the steadfast love of God never ceases And in Jesus Christ, his mercies never come to an end for you. Amen.